Hello, I'm Scott Miller and would like to welcome you to today's episode of Talking Tech. On this show, we interview people in the field of technology and discuss what's inspired our guests to enter the field of tech, what's kept them in it, and what technology they are looking forward to in the future. Today's guest is Eric Kerman from Synopsis. Welcome to the show, Eric. Nice to be here. Uh, well, before we get started, I want you to tell us a little about yourself and what Synopsis does. Sure. Uh, I've been doing software development for apparently 20 years. Um, <laughs> just, just realized that today. Um, in reviewing my resume for, for this for this interview um, and uh, yeah I've been doing primarily in my career I've been doing uh, Java and web development uh, lately uh, in my current role no web development but still uh, still core Java um, synopsis uh, at large uh, is a chip manufacturer and the group that I'm involved in is the software integrity group and they are basically concerned with uh, any and all risk uh, in a customer's software. Um, and uh, Black Duck, where I started, was acquired by Synopsys. And they were very concerned with um, security, license, and operational risk in open source components that you might be using in your software. And when uh, we were merged in with SIG, SIG had um, a tool called Coverity, which is very concerned with um, sort of, a, the way Black Duck would phrase it is operational risk within within your source itself, bugs that you've written, um, things like that, um, null dereferencing, and, and various things like that that you would pick up from source scanning. So the the, the marriage was actually pretty cool, where uh, Synopsys had a source offering and Black Duck had more of a um, deployed product offering. So the two combined make a nice sort of we can tell you a much more cohesive story about the risk involved in your software. That's great. What do you feel your company's competitive differentiator is? That's a good question. Um, I'm not necessarily the best person to articulate a competitive advantage. Um, I, I would say um, the Black Duck product, what it offered above and beyond its competitors was the high quality of the matches and what that means is what we do is we we scan your source and your binaries and your product for any and all um, open source components that might have vulnerabilities and there are other entities that do that but what they tend to do is generate a lot of false positives which creates an, an awful lot of work on the part of the remediator the person who's got this huge list of things like from a manager saying, we've got these problems, go fix them. Um, and what is found is you have to spend much of your time sifting through the noise. The Black Duck product provided a high signal to noise ratio where we, we erred on the side of fewer false positives. And if we told you there was a problem, there's very likely to be a problem. Um, the, the scan takes longer, but produces richer and better and more accurate results. Um, and that, that was sort of, and, and my team in particular, we are involved in making the uh, risk analysis sticky. And uh, so the name of our team is the integrations team and whatever tool you happen to be working with already, MS Teams, Slack, Jenkins, uh, TeamCity, Eclipse, IntelliJ, whatever IDE, continuous integration system, source control, whatever you're using, my team is concerned with finding a way 
to get the results from uh, a risk analysis into the tool that you're working in. Uh, so Jenkins is a very good example. So you run a build in Jenkins, and part of that build uh, sends up uh, data to the Black Duck product or the Polaris product, which is the new, um, the new SIG product. And then that calculates some results, and then those results are sent back down to Jenkins, and then Jenkins, based on those, either succeeds or fails your build. Um, and that means that you won't release a bit of software unless, um, unless Synopsys says it's okay. Uh, and that, that's, that's sort of what, that's what the advantage my team offers uh, to, to the company. Hmm. So how'd you get started in, in the field? Oh, that's a great question. So recently, um, so uh, in um, recently, I don't, you, you may know, you may not, uh, John Conway, the inventor of the game of life, he, he recently passed away actually from COVID-19. And I, I remember getting, I fell in love with writing in high school, some software to code up the game of life, which, which he invented. And I, I man, I loved it. I, the ability to write a little bit of text and have the computer do stuff. I found that amazing. I just, I was blown away by my ability to do that. And I, I've been absolutely in love with the creation and maintenance of software ever since. Um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Uh, just the, the elegance with which you can uh, describe and solve problems with code. There's, there's nothing you can't do. I, 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 I'm consistently astounded when colleagues or competitors or whatever use the, we can't, can't, <laughs> what? We're software, man. Like we can, we can, we can anything. It, it, all of the problems, all of the business problems that we actually deal with human problems are totally, totally different story, but like business problems of how can we shift the data from one place to another? How can we aggregate this report? How can we manage this static data problem? We got it. We, 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 so recently, one of the things that I've been doing is we have, um, we have on the order of 100 projects that my team manages, a lot of projects. And we have a bunch of inconsistent builds. So I've recently been writing something that uses templating languages and scripting languages just to, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? To make them all consistent. They all behave in the same way. They all are named similarly. Um, and now we're going to be able to get some really cool metrics. And before this, I would say to my manager, oh, but we really want this metric. Or we really want that. And he's like, ah, oh, we just can't manage that many. We can't? Absolutely not. So we, we write the software to, to enable us to, to do everything. Uh, just uh, in my own life, um, if you, uh, there are these various data files and they come from the internet with all kinds of garbage on them. So I wrote something that like scrapes that garbage out, nulls it all out and removes all the garbage and then persists that. It, it, there's nothing you can't manipulate on the internet or in a computer with source. And I, I mean, I can speak very passionately about it. I really love it. Um, so yeah, it, it got me hooked. And then 
then what keeps me going now is, uh, again, realizing that I've been doing this for 20 years, and now there's a bunch of, uh, we work with um, several people who are fresh out of college, just a handful of years out of college, and being able to share uh, with them, mentor them, accelerate them so that they can achieve beyond what I, what I could, um, it's, it's awesome. I, I love it. I love, I love the idea that I can provide both, both sort of, um, uh, uh, sort of value that sticks in terms of source and value that's sort of mushy in terms of value to another human who wants to do the same thing. It, it's, it's great. I, I love, I love software. I really do. So along that line, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the field and has never done anything and just starting to look at it and is curious about it? Oh, love it. it, it, it that's my, my best advice is love it or get out. Um, because the, there's nothing now that you can learn that will necessarily be relevant in, in 20 years. Because uh, looking back, what I was doing in the early days has nothing to do with what I do now. Um, it, learn to love learning, um, you know, embrace change, um, always say yes. Um, like we, um, great here, here, here's what I would do now that I've, I've got an answer. I've got an answer. I would say identify trade-offs. Yes. There, there is, while it's true that there's nothing we can't do, everything comes at a cost. And as, as a conscientious software developer, someone who cares about the customer, who cares about their colleagues, who cares about the company, who cares about the world at large, I think the best thing you can do is learn to identify trade-offs and never say things like we can't or absolutely we can. It's your job, in my opinion, as a software developer, I think the software developer's job is to articulate the trade-offs in any solution or problem space. And that's, that's what a logical training in how computers work and how software gets formed and packaged. I think software engineers are un not necessarily uniquely qualified, but certainly very qualified to dissect a problem into its components and then identify the trade-offs in offering that up. I, I, I work with a lot of people who they have great skills at doing what they do, but they, they tend to focus a little bit too narrowly on their goals. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can keep your goal as a software developer to articulate trade-offs, you never get bound to a particular solution. You never get bound to a particular approach. It is always in service of others because it's their, it's their goals. It's the business's goals. It's not your goals. It's the, it's the customer's problems. It's not your problems. You are there to articulate those trade-offs. So please get good at that. And I think that's the best way um, that, that we can serve those who employ us and those who the customers who eventually pay our salaries. So what do you consider to be the biggest challenge when bridging any gap between technology and the overall business for the company? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. 
the biggest challenge um uh, a a challenge is is so so any any business seems to um get stayed and changes less is less agile as time goes on and i think that's a i think that's a problem for technology the the, the pace of technology and its changes i don't think are well absorbed by large organizations um i i think i think that is going to be a, a a fundamental problem because technology doesn't seem to slow down it seems to speed up uh, the, the number of languages um when i started I, there was a lot but it was primarily c sharp or java like that that was that was it like if you were a professional developer coming out of college you were either going to go c sharp or you were going to go java maybe one or two others um and i mean ruby existed but it didn't gain popularity until well after i'd started in the career and then go has shown up recently and i, I mean now you have your pick it, it's crazy Kot even within the jvm um it, this is not an answer to your question sorry <laughs> it's, it, the, the, the change the change is just so rapid and it continues to it seemingly continues to speed up and i have not been impressed with the ability of large organizations to strategically absorb that change so i i think that's a that, that's a real concern i think startups I think the model of um, acquisition is is good for that. Um, you know, Black Duck was a smaller organization, pretty sleek, able to respond to change rapidly, uh, and then Synopsys acquired that. Um, so I think that's one way of of managing that. But but then as you get absorbed, you you get you know more congealed, less less able to change rapidly. Um, I, I, so I think that's that's probably I think that's probably the biggest thing is resilience to change and yet technology changes at almost a ludicrous speed. It certainly does. Here's one for you though. What technology looking at it over the last 10 years has really disrupted it and thrown the industry for a curve in a good way? In a good way? I, so for, for, for me, from my perspective, it's gotta be um, containers in the cloud. They, they, my God, um, the, the ability I have now to use, so I, I use Docker quite a bit. Um, and it, it, it continues to astound me. The, 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 um, I remember when I first found, um, spring boot, which is a, a Java framework, spring framework is a Java framework and spring boot is a usage of it to basically, you can use it to spin up a web application in about five seconds. When I started, I was writing servlets, I was writing web, inf web XML files, servlet XML files, and, and now, and so Spring Boot sort of blew that wide open. Docker has done the same thing for everything. I can spin up Artifactory in seconds. I can spin up Jenkins in seconds. Everything's with Docker and you compose the containers, you put them together, the orchestration environments of Kubernetes, um, and then the cloud delivery of, of Amazon, where everything's always available to everyone. I, I, I still haven't played with the cloud technologies very much. I, they're, they're create, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing what we can do um, where we've taken 
sort of the lore of how do you configure systems and get applications online so that you can solve problems. All of that is now embedded in these tools uh, where you just go to a website and copy a little Docker command and whammo, you've got you know, a Postgres database running and it, with, with no configuration. It, it, so that has been one of the greatest accelerators uh, for uh, our customers and us as developers. The, the ability to use containers um, is just amazing. So on that thread, where do you see it heading over the next five years? What kind of change do you see coming? Oh, oh boy. I, I, I don't know. I, I, so recently I've been thinking, like, one of the things that remains, um, that remains unchanged is my, my development environment itself. Um, I am not developing inside of a running Docker container. I'm thinking that might change. I, so I, I used to think it was ridiculous when I was asked to um, sort of uh, write software on a virtual machine. But I've been asked to do that. I've been asked by a company to, you know, log onto the virtual machine and write your code there because then you're going to get to take advantage of how fast that virtual machine is and the latency is actually overcome by the speed of the machine that you're, you're connecting mm -hmm. to and you get to shard it out and whatever. Um, I don't understand those words, but whatever. They, they tell me it's faster, I believe. Um, I don't understand the metal. I, I can understand the, so the source, but the metal is, is beyond me. Um, so I don't know. I, I, see, I see the development environment improving orders of magnitude. So I think our customers have enjoyed um, the performance gains of the containers but I don't necessarily know if it's been absorbed directly. Um, for example, uh, we use IntelliJ on my team. And if we want to have IntelliJ have a particular configuration and uh, all of these things right now, we, we just, we do that basically, we do that by lore, like go to this website, click on these things and set it up. I, I look forward to the time when that isn't the, that's not the that's not the way we ask customers to set things up now, right? Like we say, run this Docker command, and poof, everything's there. Um, so I, I think I think we we sort of take care of ourselves somewhat last, and I think I think that's I think that's good. I think that's how it should be. Um, but I think I think we will begin to see uh, benefits within the development space, and perhaps we already have. I'm just not aware of them but I think they will become ubiquitous. I think the development environment will just get so, as, as the customers have experienced the benefits, I think they're gonna shift into the development. Uh, and I, I, I hope that changes within the next five years. I hope, I, I hope it does. Good. So you, you feel that Synopsys can really uh, help emerge and lead that way? Or do you feel it's, you're leading it more for your external clients, but not internally as much right now? Yeah, I think I, I will say that during my tenure at um, Synopsys, we definitely have um, moved, we've gained an understanding that the, the cloud is here to stay and orchestration environments are here to stay. And it, it, that actually does provide some challenges because what we find for, for us and our team is we now need to be 
masters of Helm, masters of Kubernetes, masters of OpenShift. And, you know, I come from a, I just built the war file, put it in Tomcat and leave me alone. And now it's, we have to be concerned with all of these potential homes for our software and where it might run all these um, runnable environments. And, and we have, I mean, Synopsys really has um, tried to increase our offerings in the cloud and increase our support of if you customer want to run in that particular orchestration environment, we're there. We will meet you there. We will get it running. Um, we, we recently, one of our, one of our solutions on my team, um, we've been working very hard to get uh, Helm charts up and running, which is used by a couple orchestration environments so that uh, the, it's so fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, Gradle, which we use to articulate our software's dependencies. And Helm is where we can articulate our application dependencies. And like we need Postgres with this username, this password. So um, I don't know if Synopsys is necessarily gonna lead that charge, but we're absolutely marching forward, I think along with a lot of other people, um, because I think we recognize that that that's certainly happening now. I don't know if it's the future, but it's happening now. So we've 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 got to we've got to move forward with everybody else. Good. So before we sign off, why don't you take a moment to tell us uh, what you and your company are currently working on that, that would excite everyone? Uh, I mean, the Jenkins thing, man. Creating automatic builds from source—it's amazing. Um, uh, so the, um, let's see. So Polaris is the flagship product of, uh, SIG software integrity group, um, that my team is ultimately a part of, and we are working on a JIRA integration, which will allow you to, when you, um, use Polaris to manage your product, your project, excuse me, um, it will scan your project and develop a bunch of metadata analysis. It will ship that up to um, Polaris. And instead of um, managing your build, what it will do is it will create actual issues in JIRA based on its findings um, and assign them to the person that you've configured for that project or that issue type. Um, and just, it's possible that working, I've been at, um, Black Duck and Synopsis for um, over five years. So it's possible that my, or no, excuse me, over four years. So I might be getting skewed on what excites people. But um, I, like to me, um, removing the need for a human to arbitrate a problem is amazing. So I, something that I love as a developer is the idea that I've created this software project and I'm asking this tool to check it out. And as a result of that, I'm gonna get a bunch of JIRA issues assigned to me, to my work queue that I'm already using to identify what to work on when. Um, and so this tool is just gonna basically work with me. It's, it's an extension of myself. And instead of me having to go to the tool, look at the issues, okay, copy this text and paste it over, who has time? Who has time for that? Um, like, I love that my team and my company is working hard to solve those kinds of problems. R removing the human need for copy and paste for 
you've said you want our issues, right? You're using our tool, you want our issues, and you're using JIRA or you're using, so JIRA is the one we're working on right now, but again, why be so limited? Uh, any uh, issue tracking software, Trello is one of my favorites. Um, shout out to Fog Creek Software on that one. Um, but um, uh, anyway, that I think that's really I think that's really exciting. I hope other people get excited about that too. Um, but yeah, just helping helping out the developer, helping out the product manager, helping out everybody involved in the software development lifecycle. Uh, that's that's one of the, that's that's what my team does. That's what I love about what my team does is our passionate commitment to improving the software development lifecycle. And the the Jira integration uh, is one way we're doing that. Another one is um, in using this product. Um, it's called Alert, and it uses any alerting mechanism that you have. again MS Teams, Slack, email, uh, text messaging. Hopefully coming soon. Again, any way you could be alerted about a risk in your software, uh, this project is interested in um, being sticky with uh, the, the source of the problem, the, excuse me, the source of the notification, a Polaris, Black Duck, whatever, and then the destination, be it whatever you decide, your email, your, your phone, um, just trying to bridge that gap of how we tell you, the customer, about the problems that you have elected to care about because you bought our software. Um, and that, that's, that's what we do and I, I love it. Great, Eric. I really wanna thank you for taking the time out today and joining me on this call. It's our very first and you've been a great guest to have aboard for that. Right. Tru truly my pleasure. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. All right, thank you so much.